Hi, my name is White James Moore, and you are listening to my dad and your host of the Lifestyle Asset University podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to our newly renamed Vodices Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm super excited to be back with you guys. I hope you had an amazing holiday um, season, Christmas, New Year's, and you're starting off the new year right. Today's topic, we're going to talk about seven things that poor people do, that rich people do not. So we, I know this time of year we talk a lot about habits and changes and things that we're going to do differently. And um, I, I've talked about it publicly a little bit before. I'm not a huge fan of New Year's resolutions. I'm, I'm kind of of that mindset that you, if you have something you want to do, do it now. Do it today. Don't wait for tomorrow. And I feel like a lot of times a New Year's resolution is kind of putting things off till a certain start date, and then a lot of times it gets forgotten about. People, a lot of times when they start workouts, right, they, they say, I'm gonna, if it's a Wednesday, they say, well, I'm going to start doing this new workout routine, or I'm going to start doing this new habit on a Monday. It's like, no, just do it today. Get your ass in gear and do it today. And, and that's kind of how I feel about New Year's resolutions. However, I don't want to be insensitive to the fact that, you know, a lot of us really do this time of year kind of reset and, and reflect on what we've done and what we've accomplished and then what we want to do for the next year. And there's nothing wrong with that and, and setting those goals and looking forward and having a plan. And as we have plans and as we want to change, we don't change by having the same habits, right? Our best efforts got us where we're at today. We have to add different capabilities and better capabilities if we want to progress and move forward to new new horizons and new goals. And so I wanted to talk to you about some things that poor people do that rich people do not. It's not to throw shade on, on anything that um, somebody poor is doing and this was something that I learned from from somebody else, one of my other mentors, and and I thought it was a great message to to uh, share, as especially this time of year as we're moving forward and and trying to uh, kind of reset, reflect, and refocus on some of our new goals. And so, and we've all been in this stage at one one point or the other, right? And there, these are things that uh, that I think are important for us to remember and talk about. So, and I'll, I'll try to relate them to what we do, uh, which is investing in trying to build that lifestyle and financial freedom, investing in short-term vacation rentals, and uh, they they have a lot of you know applications to that and, and things that we need to be able to worry about. And you know we're we're working on financial freedom and and that lifestyle and financial independence that we're working toward. Well, it takes money to do that and. And you have to be able to understand some of the habits that might be holding you back if you're if you're doing some of the habits that some poor people do, or you know I tag poor people, rich people, whatever, however you want to call it, um, probably a poor classification, but uh, we'll, we'll use it because it works. And so the first thing I want to talk about that poor people do that rich people do not is they save money. You know, saving money is there's a big misconception. You definitely have to have some financial literacy and understand you have to live below your means if you want to be able to take some of your earned income, turn it into passive income. But poor people assume that saving money is going to to be, you know, get them to where they want to be. And it frankly doesn't. You know, I've never met and you never will meet anybody who saved their way to financial independence. Just the, the nature of financial independence, it doesn't even allow it, right? You have you, you can't be financially independent without putting some money into investments, something that's going to create passive income. You know, I, one of the books I got really excited to read back in the day was um, Millionaire Next Door and read the book and frankly, didn't like it. Um, huge national bestseller, super popular book, but the, the concept behind the book is, you know, you just save, you live well below your means, 
you drive used cars, you you don't spend your money, you save, you save, you save, and ultimately at the end of the at the end of the, your days, you're going to have enough money that you've got you know you've got a million dollars or whatever. But what does that what what kind of lifestyle is that, right? When I read the book, I was like, man, this is depressing. I don't want to live that lifestyle. And rich people don't do that. They take their money. They understand financial. They, they have some financial literacy. They understand how to budget. They don't extend themselves be, beyond where they should. They live below their means, but they take that money and have a plan with it. And they, and they, and they invest it. And they put it into things that are creating money. And so, you know, you, you're not just going to save your way to financial independence. You have to, you have, to have that that baseline of living below your means, but have a plan to take that money and do something with it. And so number two is poor people buy toys that don't make money. Rich people don't do that, you guys. When you look at the things that that rich people do, they understand that, okay, I can, and this is a great example of how we are able to kind of fulfill that need of buying toys uh, it, with in, and still make good financial investments with vacation rentals, right? Vacation rentals are fun to own. They're they're exciting. They're fun. We we have that personal use aspect. It kind of fulfills that need of owning some of these toys, but it's still a good financial investment. And that's what rich people do. A lot of times you see rich people with their private jets and their yachts. And a lot of times that you think, man, they're just being so lavish with their money. That's not the case. Those are tools that they use in their business nine out of ten times. You know, I know many people who who own jets and they actually make money with their jets. They're they're huge tax write-offs. So things that poor people have no understanding of that rich people do understand. They understand that, okay, this is a, this is a huge tax advantage. It's a huge time saver in many cases. And once you get to where you're making money and once you have a certain amount, then you know your time is worth a lot. And those jets uh, really compress time and allow you to do a lot of business in a short period of time and, and be able to be in many different places at once. And, and that's hugely valuable. Many times you can use them as promotional things. I know somebody has a yacht and they host their masterminds on them and they have, you know, they charge, they charter them and they, you know, they make money with them. They rent these assets out and make money with them, much the same as we do with our vacation rentals. And so, um, and so think about, you know, poor people, they, they go out and buy these toys that just depreciate and don't make any money. And so you want, you want to be able to buy things that you can enjoy, but are also good financial investments that can make you money in the long term. And that's, and, and that's a great, uh, a great example of why we love vacation rentals. They still fulfill that need, yet they're a great solid financial investment done correctly in the long term. Another number three thing that poor people do that rich people do not is poor people have a plan B. Plan Bs are give you an excuse not to go full full, full you know full steam ahead toward your number one goal. Rich people they you know they they burn the boats behind them right they hit the they hit the uh, the shoreline and they burn the boats because there's no going back and and they focus on plan A. If plan A doesn't work out they make another plan A. They don't revert to a plan B right. Poor people have plan B's and what plan B's do is allow you to not fully commit to your plans and not fully fully focus on your plan because you've got this fallback, right? Don't give yourself a fallback. Don't give your, yourself a reason to say this isn't going to work because there are going to be bumps in every single road of anything you're going toward or anything you're focusing on worth a damn of, of just like 
I mean, if it's worth it and it's going to be an improvement in your life, you're going to have some drawbacks. You're going to have some bumps in the road. And when you have a plan B, you say, ah, this is this seems a little bit harder than I thought, man. This just isn't what I thought it was cracked up to be. And you're going to talk yourself into going to your plan B. And then all the, ultimately your plan B turns into plan C and plan D and, and blah, blah, blah. Doesn't mean that rich people always succeed at their plan A's. They just don't have a plan B. They go at their plan A until they can't go any further, and then they figure out another plan A. And so that's uh, that's another real, really uh, big distinction that I learned a long time ago, and it's really that power of focus and, and really focusing on one road at a time and and how, how much better and how much further you can progress if you have one road and one thing that you're focused on. So number four of the, the things that, that poor people do, that rich people do not, is they keep money in the bank. It goes back to that, that savings. They think that having money in the bank is this security blanket. And really, when you talk to rich people, when you talk to people who really ha- have money, like I've talked to many multi-multi-millionaires, like hundred, like I've got a friend who has, you know, he's well over $100 million in, in net worth. And he never keeps more than $100,000 in the bank. And it may seem like a lot of money in the bank, but not when you have a hundred million dollars. And so they, he's like, what? There's no, there's no good reason to keep money in the bank. You know, banks can only insure it up to 250,000. So you sure, sure shouldn't even have more than that. And you better put it somewhere else. At least to, you, know, you can put it into some real estate. And that's why real estate is such a popular place for rich people to hold their money. Why it's such a popular asset class, right? And it doesn't mean, I mean, there's so many different avenues, but they appreciate your money's going to make a lot more. In, in different assets, whether it's stocks, whether it's real estate, where, wherever it is, it's going to do a lot better than just in the bank. With inflation, money's just getting, it's becoming less and less valuable. So put it into something that at least goes up with inflation. And that's why real estate is so popular. Not only does it have the tax benefits and everything else and leverage and all these other, all these other great things about real estate, but more than anything, it's kind of inflation proof, right? As as inflation happens, your dollar is in an asset that continues to go up because even if even if it's not appreciating, it's going to appreciate just because of inflation. So you don't uh, you know, don't don't think that you want to have millions of dollars in the bank. Most rich people don't have a bunch of money in the bank. They they want to put that money somewhere. They want to put it in assets. And whatever that asset is, they want to have it working instead of sitting. And so the number five thing that poor people do, that rich people do not, is they do remedial tasks. This is one of my biggest arguments for not managing your own properties, right? Lots of people will tell you to manage your own properties. Many of you may think, why would I pay a management company 25 or 30, 30% of my gross rents to manage this property? Well, go figure out what your time is worth and go manage that property. And in when I calculate it out, it's about a $15 an hour job in an if my time is worth more than $15 an hour, I'm not doing that task. I can I can focus on things, whether it's in my real estate business or my other businesses that, that I can do that I'm going to make a hell of a lot more than $15 an hour. And poor, it's like that, it's that old concept of stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. Don't think about, well, I don't want to pay for that or I can do it myself. Consider what you could be doing, and if what you could be doing is more valuable, and you can get put more money in the pocket in your pocket by doing those tasks. Every one of you is an expert or or really you know talented in some area, and usually that's where your highest your highest value time value is. And even if it's not going to make an extra money, I'm willing to pay somebody 
you know, $30 or $40 an hour or $50 an hour, whatever that is, I don't cut my own lawn because guess what? I can pay a kid on my block to go cut my lawn for 25 bucks and it takes him about an hour and a half to do it. Or I can spend an hour, extra hour and a half with my family. Those are things that you have to really start to think about. And rich people really start to think about that stuff. Not wasting time on remedial tasks. If you can hire it out and have somebody do it, it's not being arrogant. It's not being, you know, oh, I'm so important. I don't have to do that. It's I have, there's a higher value of my time, a better use of my time than doing those remedial tasks. And many times poor people don't think about that. And as you start to progress, you'll notice that many rich people do. There's a reason for it. It's not because they're rich and they they just have money to blow. It's because they have a higher and better use of their time than doing those remedial tasks. So the number six thing that I want to talk to you about, and I have written down, and I'll put these in the show notes, guys, so you have these written down as well. But the number six thing is that poor people do, that rich people do not, is they take things personal. And this is something that we're seeing front and center right now, all the time, every day. And and taking things personal has just been taken to this new and next level. I don't know when it ever kind of flipped over that you can't disagree with somebody without hating their freaking guts. I don't give a shit whether you're you're black or you're white, whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you, you know, whether you're gay or lesbian or straight or whatever you are, it's like you have to pick these sides and we can't disagree with somebody. You know, get over yourself and understand how to disagree with somebody and how not to take things personal, right? I mean, it's not I can disagree with you on an on a topic, you know, and still be great friends, right? I, I just I just don't understand this part of the world now, and I think this is something that everybody needs to be reminded of, and uh, really rich and poor, frankly. This really this is this is something that that probably we all need to have a, a little bit of a wake up and a you know slap in the face and some cold water dumped on us or whatever you want to do to say. Man, when did we start becoming so important that we think that what what's in our brain and our view of the world is the only view of the world, right? And I, I could go on this forever. This is a hot topic for me because I just don't get it. Um, I have many, many friends and many people who I disagree with and who disagree with me on different things. And we can still go out and hang out and have fun and, and enjoy each other's company. But it is becoming such a thing anymore that if you disagree with somebody, I mean, I don't know how many times they're like, hey, if you voted for Trump, unfriend me. If you voted for Biden, get get me off your friend list. It's like, get the fuck out of here. That is the stupidest damn thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it's, I love people to have opinions. I'm one of the most opinionated people you'll ever meet. I have very strong opinions. But one of the things that I'm proud of is as strong as my opinions are, I still love to hear other people's opinions. I love it. I enjoy hearing a different point of view. You know how boring it is when I only talk to people like like us? Like my, I mean, I just, anyways, I, I'm going to get off of this subject, but I think it's something we all need to be reminded of is don't take things personal. Have an opinion, have strong opinions, be, believe in stuff. It's great to believe in things, but also be open to somebody else's opinion as well and open to some that maybe our view of the world isn't always the only view of the world, right? We all have different views of the world based on our experiences and based on what we've been exposed to and all different things. And so so be respectful of that and bring the joy and the positivity like Brendan Burchard would say, right? Have a, have a strong opinion, have beliefs that you that you stand behind, but bring the joy with those beliefs. And don't take things personal when somebody doesn't, di- doesn't believe what 
you believe. I get so many comments on, you know, our Facebook and stuff. When we run ads, obviously we run ads on Facebook and, and it's just, it's just funny to me that, you know, like people like really mad that we're out teaching this stuff. And I'm like, really, why does that, why would me teaching somebody how to invest in vacation rentals really upset you? Um, you know, I mean, I've been, I've been called a terrorist because I am supporting short-term rentals that is absolutely tanking communities. Well, you might not like short-term rentals, but I don't believe they're tanking communities. And I definitely don't believe I'm a terrorist because I'm promoting it. And so just take, take a couple steps back. I think that's something that we all should be doing and not being so over-the-top, um, you know, offense or offended by everything. Let's not, let's, you know, let, let's not think that we're so important that, that our view of the world is the only view. So I'll get off that subject, but that's, uh, that's my, uh, my take on that. And that's actually, I made the list because I think it's important. And, uh, but it's not, that, that's poor and rich alike. That's not, that's not a habit. That's a habit that all of us should be aware of. And uh, if, we are, if we're erring on the side of taking things a little more personal than we should, maybe realize that, you know, we don't need to do that. It only hurts ourselves. We're only hurting ourselves and we're only, we're only letting things ruin our day that probably shouldn't. And we're probably, we're probably alienating people that might be, you know, amazing people in our lives. And, you know, but we're alienating because they don't believe one little thing that we believe. So, so let's get away from that. The last thing that, and this is definitely something that poor people do, that rich people do not, is they focus on price over value. And this is something that you will see over and over and over again. And if you do this, you need to be aware of it because this is something that will hold you back. I get all the time, you know, let's take our course as an example. It's like, why would I pay five grand? Why would I pay 10 grand? Why would I pay somebody 50 grand? For you to help me with something that I can probably go figure out on my own. And it's like, that's not the, that's not the point. If I told you, here's, you know, if you give me five grand and I'll give you 50, would you do it? And here's a check for 50. We'll trade checks. I'll get, here's, here's a check. You give me a five and I'll give you 50. You would do it. No, no question. But people struggle when somebody says, you give me five and I'm going to go teach you how to make 50 every year or on a property or, or whatever it is, whether it's a business coach, where I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of coaches and mentors. I have many in my own lives. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on the best, uh, the best that I could find to, to help me at, at certain times and, and currently. And I don't look at what they charge me. I look at the value I get. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to pay you. Uh, I pay one, one of my coaches $50,000, but I have, Turn that fifty thousand dollars in his the things that I was able to learn from him and that group that I'm involved in into you know way over that way over fifty thousand dollars and so you look at the value you get not the price you're paying right you're, you know if I'm going to go pay for something don't think don't focus on the price focus on the value and I use the coaching but but it's everything right. Um, we talk about it with vacation rentals. Most markets right now are white hot. Most markets are on fire. And people are like, well, I don't want to pay that price for that right now. Last year or two years ago, that same house was, you know, it was 30% less in price. And so, you know, I, I have a hard time paying, you know, I'll just give hard examples, but I bought a property, right? I bought a property two years ago that was $350,000, $350,000. Right now, those same properties are selling for five twenty. dollars So I made a good decision back then. But right now, those properties still have the val- that price point still provides value because those properties cash flow. 
even at the 520. They cash flow and they make money for somebody. So that value, you're going to pay 550, but if you're getting a 15 or 20% return on that money, is that not value there? Absolutely it is. So don't focus on the price. And sometimes in real estate, that's hard, especially in rising markets, because we're like, man, I wish I would have bought that a year ago. Man, I wish I would have bought that two years ago. So I'm going to wait. Well, you wait, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to you're going to be looking back saying, shoot, I shouldn't have waited. I should have bought it again. And and what happens, even if prices go down a bit, you're putting yourself behind. What's the ultimate goal with something on long-term? Long-term real estate, the ultimate goal is to start the clock ticking, right? It takes time for these assets to mature. And the sooner I can get somebody starting to pay off my asset and maturing that asset, the better it is. And it almost never, I mean, even in the, the I mean, the, the best example we have is the last crash, the last real estate crash. And I show you guys an example of that. I bought right at the peak on one of my properties and showed you that one of my buddies bought at the very bottom and in the same area, same general property, same general area. He got a pretty significant discount. He paid like $60,000 less than I paid for the same property. And yet I was, I was still ahead of him the day that he bought it for sixty thousand dollars less because of the appreciate or because of the uh, the note pay down and the cash flow that I was able to make the entire time, even though my value was going down, I was still cash flowing. I was still putting money in my pocket, and my note was getting paid by somebody else. And so, don't look at the price and make make your decisions based on price. And that goes with everything. You know, I've given you a couple examples here. But focusing on price is a huge, huge mistake instead of figuring out what value does that price make and whether that is investing in yourself and your education or whether it is in an asset or whatever it is. Don't focus on price. Focus on the value. And so, guys, that's what I have for you today. That's that's going to be a wrap for today's podcast. I, As always, I always appreciate you guys joining us here. If you get any value at all, share this with somebody you know. You will start to see the name change. It's going to be Vodacy's Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. And uh, I'm really, really close to releasing my new book. Give you guys details on how you can get your hands on that and read that book. And hopefully it's really helpful. If you have any questions at all, always go to our website, vodacy.com, and you'll have a chance to watch free training and get a hold of us and uh, chat about this stuff. Get involved, stay engaged, you know, move forward, employ some of these new habits that we talked about, and, and let's just all progress and have such an amazing year. I'm excited about the road ahead, and guys, we'll plan on seeing you same time, same place. Go for yours, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Lifestyle Asset University Podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit LifestyleAssetUniversity.com Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.